98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. A mainland court sentences a Hong Kong bookseller to 10 years imprisonment for illegally providing intelligence abroad. The Civic Party accuses the government of hypocrisy for barring people from South Korea but refusing to close the borders to mainland arrivals. And markets in the region lose more ground on renewed fears about the impact of the coronavirus. A mainland court has sentenced Causeway Bay bookseller Gui Min Hai to 10 years prison. Mr Gui was one of five Hong Kong-based booksellers who went missing five years ago. Tom McElinden reports. The court in Ningbo convicted the Swedish bookseller on charges of illegally providing intelligence abroad. It said Mr Gui had his Chinese citizenship reinstated in 2018, but it wasn't immediately clear if he'd given up his Swedish nationality. Mr Gui was one of five Hong Kong-based booksellers known for publishing sensational books about the Beijing leadership who went missing five years ago. He first vanished on holiday in Thailand, eventually surfacing on the mainland, where he confessed to involvement in a fatal traffic accident and smuggling illegal books. He was released in October 2017 but snatched by suspected mainland agents from a train to Beijing a few months later while travelling with Swedish diplomats. Civic Party lawmaker Dr Kwok Kaki is accusing the government of having a double standard by barring people from South Korea but refusing to close the borders to mainland arrivals even though it has a hundred times more cases of the coronavirus. Travellers who have been to South Korea in the past 14 days will also be barred while returning Hong Kong residents will be quarantined. Dr Kwok also criticised the government for failing to bring back Hong Kong residents stranded in Hubei province, the epicentre of the outbreak, even though other countries evacuated their citizens a month ago. The rescue of the citizens from other countries has been started a month ago. They don't encounter any difficulties. But, you know, in Hong Kong, we always think that we are, have very tight connections with the mainland government. We are always helped by the mainland government and people are the most important consideration. But I can't see why our government is so inefficient and lack of will in bringing the residents or citizens coming back to Hong Kong. But Executive Councillor Lam Ching Choi says it would be more accurate to compare the treatment of South Korea to that of Hubei province. I think it is unfair to compare the treatments to the whole mainland China with South Korea. I think the right comparison should be compared with the measure we implemented on uh, 27th of January on uh, prohibiting uh, people travelling uh, from uh, Hubei. The situation in Hubei is very similar to South Korea now. Uh, no matter the way of the epidemic uh, evolve and the number of cases per population, and all these are very similar. A pro-establishment group is calling on the government to sort out a plan to bring back Hong Kong people stranded in Hubei. The government plans to arrange chartered flights to bring back Hong Kongers in Wuhan and elsewhere in Hubei province. The Federation of Trade Unions says more than 630 families or individuals stranded in the province have asked the union for help, with 68 requiring urgent medical assistance. The FBFTU's Bill Tang suggested that the government consider arranging flights to other airports in the province and using high-speed trains to bring them back to the SAR. Over 2,700 Hong Kong people is, uh, are not concentrated in, um, in Wuhan, but in the 31 cities, uh, wide, very widespread in Wuhan. It's not easy to connect and Maybe in the process of connecting them is also a risk of virus. Uh, we suggest Hong Kong government should uh, adopt uh, not only one solution, but also uh, consider to add. 
Leading microbiologist Yun Kwok Yung from the University of Hong Kong says he supports the government's plan to rescue Hong Kong residents st- stranded in Hubei on humanitarian grounds. He says that if proper preventive and disinfection measures are carried out, they should pose no risk to the community here. Once they come back, especially even on the plane, they must be wearing masks, practice good hand hygiene, and when they come back, they must undergo quarantine. And immediately, they should be disinfected uh, using antiseptic shampoo and bath, and all their belongings must be disinfected, and then they must undergo testing from the nasal pharyngeal swabs and also throat saliva, and also have a blood taking to make sure that they, whether they have antibody or not. By doing all this and then quarantine for 14 days, they are safe to return to Hong Kong. The Japanese media report that a fourth person from the Diamond Princess cruise ship that was quarantined, quarantined in Yokohama has died. The report said the man was in his 80s but gave no details on when he was admitted to hospital or whether he tested positive for the coronavirus. Mainland authorities have reported another 71 deaths from the virus and over 500 new cases. South Korea has 60 more cases, bringing its total to almost 900. Another person has died, taking its death toll to eight. A group of anti-government protesters says the way the administration allocates its $30 billion coronavirus relief package highlights the importance for the pro-democracy camp to seize control of functional constituency seats in LegCo. The protesters from the Citizens' Press Conference say that instead of helping people hardest hit by the epidemic, the fund's been used to benefit some sectors in LegCo's functional constituencies to gain leverage ahead of LegCo and CE elections. A, p- a spokesman who goes by Joe Suman accused the government of using the relief fund as a political bargaining chip and said it's time for a change. These businessmen, they have juicy funding by the government. However, on the other hand, the common people, they are forced to take no paid leave. They might be living in public housing. They might be living on ends needs every day. However, because they have no vote, they have no say in public policy, they have no stake in the society. That's why these public funding has nothing to do with them. So this is our opinion that because the power is controlled in these business sectors designed by this unfair game, that's why we think that this is a problematic situation and we need to reform this system as soon as possible. The DAB party has again urged the government to give a $10,000 cash handout to residents in tomorrow's budget. The pro-establishment group said this is the simplest and most straightforward way to help people through a difficult time as many SMEs had fired staff and products like masks and sterilizers have become more costly. Here's the party's lawmaker, Elizabeth Quatt. DAB always think that the uh, government budget and resources should be, should be used for the needy people. But, uh, however, the uh, present situation of Hong Kong is so worse that nearly everyone in Hong Kong are suffering. So I think this is the time that our government should wisely use the budget to support uh, uh, Hong Kong people. Australia's intelligence chief, Mike Burgess, has warned that the country is facing a real and growing threat from neo-Nazis. In suburbs around Australia, small cells meet regularly, salute Nazi flags, inspect weapons, train in combat and share their hateful ideology. And sadly, these groups are more organised and security conscious than they were in previous years. President Trump is due to hold talks with the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi in the capital, Delhi. The two sides are expected to sign defence deals, but a long-awaited trade agreement is unlikely to be on the agenda, as the BBC's Jill McGivering reports.
On Monday, President Trump arrived to a rock star's welcome with a bear hug from Prime Minister Narendra Modi and cheers from massive crowds. On Tuesday, he and his delegation will get down to business. After a ceremony at Rajgat, Mr Trump will hold talks with Mr Modi, followed by announcements to the media. They'll include the sale of US military equipment to India, including helicopters, in a deal worth $3 billion, and the sale of six nuclear reactors. But the big deal, a comprehensive trade agreement, isn't on the cards. The disgraced former Hollywood movie mogul Harvey Weinstein is facing years in jail after being convicted of rape and sexual assault by a court in New York. The verdict is a milestone for the Me Too movement, which inspired women around the world to speak out about their experiences of sexual misconduct. Weinstein, Weinstein was cleared of three more serious charges. His lawyers say they'll appeal against the conviction. The actor Rose McGowan was one of the first people to accuse Weinstein publicly of rape. She said the verdict was a relief. Today is a real healing moment. It's going to start the healing because it's just less pressure that he's just out there hurting someone else. It's about him and not about him at the same time. And for me and hopefully for most of his victims now, we can start rebuilding our lives. And I have to feel that some measure of my life will be free. The United Nations says there's a risk of what it called a real bloodbath as fighting in northern Syria has trapped three million civilians in the Idlib area close to the Turkish border. A senior UN official, Mark Cutts, said the most severely at risk were those living in camps. The fighting is now coming dangerously close to the area where more than a million are living in tents and makeshift shelters. So it's an extremely alarming situation because if airstrikes and shelling move any further into that area, we are no doubt going to see a real bloodbath, a real massacre of civilians in that area. Russian-backed Syrian government forces have reportedly gained more ground in the latest clashes, pushing back opposition fighters. And the economic impact of the coronavirus outbreak is continuing to unsettle stock markets across the globe. Japan's Nikkei index opened 3.5% lower. That's hours after the Dow Jones index in New York suffered its biggest daily loss in two years. But the Hang Seng index has been basically flat. A strategist at CMB International Securities, Daniel So, said the Hong Kong market had been in a correction since last week. It really depends on each individual market, uh, whether the country has been badly hit by the virus. For certain countries like Korea, Japan or Italy, their markets would be more vulnerable to the virus outbreak. And it really depends on how the outbreak would uh, unfold. For other markets that are not so directly hit, like the U.S., uh, the correction may be more shortly. And to currencies, the I'm sorry, the a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,797. That's 22 points down on the previous close. Sternover, turnover stands at $64.6 million. And to currencies, the euro is at one US dollar and eight cents. The dollar is worth 110 yen. And the pound is trading at 10 Hong Kong dollars and seven cents. And now with the sports... Here's Adam Chung. We start with football in the English Premier League where Liverpool survived a rare night of struggle in what's been a stellar season. The runaway leaders preserved their unbeaten record but were made to work by West Ham at Anfield. 
The visitors led 1-0 and 2-1 but left without a point after second-half goals from Mo Salah and Sadio Mane gave Liverpool a come-from-behind 3-2 victory. West Ham remained inside the bottom three. Here's their former keeper, Rob Green. The gears were starting to click, weren't they? And then they, they, they toned them back down again once they went in front. But this is the beauty of that team, and, and they've got the personnel that can do that. You know, you're a special player if you can step it up and step it down again. And at the moment, they're a special team. So it's, it's, you know, it's from, a, from a West Ham point of view, it's a frustrating night, but you'd rather be like that than like you were last week. And from a Liverpool point of view, they win without being at their best. Liverpool tie the record for consecutive top-flight wins at 18. They're four wins away from clinching their first league title in 30 years. Manager Jurgen Klopp says he can't expect his players to always be perfect. To get this number of games which the boys won now, um, you cannot be brilliant all the time. That would then would, something would be really wrong because it would mean the other teams do everything wrong and we do everything right. And it's not like this. We just try to make the best of it, the best of what we have. Spanish league leaders Barcelona traveled to Italian side Napoli for their Champions League last 16 first leg match tonight, while Chelsea hosts Bayern Munich. Chelsea's boss Frank Lampard says the Bundesliga leaders present a tough challenge for his side. We need to be at our maximum. So going into the game, we must make sure that every detail is in every box is ticked in both games. So yeah, we, we, we have to make sure that we can't get caught up in game moments because there will be times in the game where we will probably suffer because Bayern Munich are an incredible side with the ball. In Italy, Inter Milan have announced that the second leg of Thursday's Europa League game against Ludo Goretz will be played behind closed doors at the San Siro. Syria officials are having discussions with the government about how to proceed with football following an outbreak of the coronavirus in the north of the country. Finally, in the NBA, the league-leading Milwaukee Bucks needed overtime to get past the Washington Wizards on a big night for Chris Middleton. The All-Star forwards scored Milwaukee's final nine points, and the Bucks came through 137 to 134. Middleton finished with 40 points, while the Wizards wasted a career-high 55 points from Bradley Beal. Milwaukee will be aiming for their 50th win on the season when they visit their closest challengers, Toronto, tomorrow. And that's your look at sports. And in Italy, the Italian sports minister has announced that several top-flight football matches will be played in empty stadiums next weekend to combat the coronavirus. The restrictions are for six regions in northern Italy. And to end the news, the top story is once again a mainland court sentences a Hong Kong bookseller to 10 years imprisonment for illegally providing intelligence abroad. The Civic Party accuses the government of having hypocrisy for barring people from South Korea but refusing to close the borders to mainland arrivals. And markets in the region lose more ground on renewed fears about the impact of the coronavirus. The news from RTHK. Honestly, why am I closed out on the street? Honestly, I think you've lost your mind. Cause I got no problem
And welcome to today's 123 show. I'm Noreen Mayer. Many thanks uh, to Phil for the morning brew this morning. And also many thanks to Karen Coe sitting in for me yesterday. And uh, we've got a busy show today. Just after uh, half past one, we'll be chatting with a renowned dermatologist, Dr. Louis Shi. Dr. Shi will be chatting a little bit more about the effects of uh, constantly using alcohol-based hand sanitizers and other cleaning products. I'm sure many of us are doing that a lot these days. It almost becomes a bit of a habit, just whipping out the hand sanitizer and spraying away. But our poor hands, I wonder what the effects are. So uh, we will be chatting uh, to Dr. Shi about that and also using uh, a lot of cleaning products as well. Um, feel free to drop us your question. Our email address is 123show at rthk.hk. That's 123show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. And uh, after 2 o'clock, uh, it is time for a bit of Tuesday reporting from uh, food and drink reporter Andrew Dambina. And this week, Andrew interviews veteran Californian winemaker Rosemary Cakebread, who's the owner of a boutique Napa Valley uh, winery called 